0: your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions concerns and needs ours is hard true the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces equipment and accessories for over 90 years partner with their trusted team of experts along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb Alex Rybakov and Dustin Taylor to bring the surface provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. Welcome to the Mini-Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, February 14th, live once again in my hotel room following another action-packed day at the Division I Men's National Indoor Championships here in Urbana-Champaign. What a day of matches. Three? Three? Four-three results? No, two four three results. We had a four-two, and then we had a clean sweep in my final match. The fact that one of our consolation matches may be the most interesting match of the day. The fact that maybe both of our consolation matches are our two most interesting matches of the day speaks to the quality of tennis we saw here on day two. And joining me to break it all down as he always does. Whenever I talk college tennis, you know him as the forefather of the college tennis ranks formula predictions never far from the listed utr one of the many dames to root for the liberty flames lover of mother lover of almond joys the snitch the professor he quotes henry ford and yes he's the only man crazy enough to stay up till 12:51 a.m on a sunday morning take time out of his weekend to chat a little bit of college tennis that's why we appreciate him so much my normal Partner in crime. It's Chris Mike Halioris. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing good, man. Enjoying listening to to you and Mr. Cation on the the broadcast. It's been another
0: good day. It's all about the small victories throughout the course of a weekend like this. You want to pace yourself. You don't want to burn out too quickly. For me, my number one goal, don't call Mike Chris. I succeeded today. So it was a victory regardless of what happened on the court. But oh, by the way, we had some fantastic tennis on the court as well. Same disclaimer as yesterday before we get into today's action. And I am in my hotel room. It is 11:51 here. I happen to know, and I apologize if she hears this. I'm not going to say her name, uh, but there is an official in the room next to me, so I don't want her to be like, "You were so loud yesterday." And so, if I am too loud, I apologize to you. Mwah. That's a kiss through the wall to her. But, anyways, with that in mind, I'm going to try to watch the tone of my voice. Shout out as always to super producer Daniel Westhoff, who will have a job to do to make it sound good for all of you. I will also monitor my band today to ensure we hopefully don't have any more audio difficulties like we did yesterday. And, of course, lastly, shout out, as always, to all of you listeners, to our Patreon family, and, of course, to our friends over at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Duty Extra Tennis Balls, Midwest Extra Duty Tennis Balls, MidwestSports.com. The promo code is CR15. the last shout-out goes to Jamie McDonald, who has been on the ones and twos here covering the Australian Open each and every day. Be sure to go check him out. What I have learned when I'm now in the co-host seat or the color commentary seat a I don't know how you put up with my nonsense Chris it's in retrospect being in that but I'm like oh I see now like I get it Chris is actually the most patient individual I've ever met in my life uh, so shout out to you Chris but shout out to Jamie as well who there's no one else I would trust to take the once and twos of the mini break podcast so be sure to go check that out to hear more about the Australian Open I'll be back next week when I have some time to catch up on everything that's happened but with that hefty intro in mind i feel like i'm compensating for a lack of intros today i feel like you can tell right now (laughs) you gotta you gotta get it all out out i have a lot of built-in energy like i always do as we said you put a silencer on a shotgun what sort of result do you expect that's such a stupid metaphor a i hate guns like i hate guns so much b could i be more arrogant i i don't (laughs) I don't know. In this scenario, I'm calling myself a shotgun. Obviously, I'm referring to myself. Uh, Anyways, anyways, it's been a long day. With that in mind, let's start recapping all of the action. It feels only fair, as great as those consolation matches were. We're competing for a national championship tomorrow. Let's start talk about how we got there. Let's start with a 4-2 all-conference victory uh, for the UNC Tar Heels returning to the national championship for the second straight season. But it wasn't easy. This was tougher than any match they played in the build-up to the final last year. And they've been tested in ways this year that they just simply put weren't last year. They dropped the doubles point yesterday to Tennessee. They end up coming back, I believe, winning that match 4-1. If memory. No, 4-2, 4-2. Four two, right? Because 4-1. 4-1? No, because Rinky. Oh, they did win the doubles. You're right, four one. They won the doubles. Yes, point. that's what it was. So four one yeah. yesterday. Uh, but obviously, they almost lost that doubles. It could have been four two. Shows you where my mind is at. And then today, they did drop the doubles against the University of Virginia, who needed that doubles point, not just from a match calculus standpoint. And by the way, the thing I'm most proud of, and if he's listening to this, I, I say this to your face all of the time, the fact that Mike is now using match calculus as part of his lexicon when covering these matches, shout out to you, Chris, because you were the forefather of the match calculus as well. So, you know, as always, got to cite the sources, but even beyond a match calculus perspective, When you're a young team playing the established powerhouse of your conference, the rival, and let's be clear, over the past three seasons, there's been a shift from 2008, whenever the Samdev Devarman era started, through 2017, Sans that 2016 National Indoor Final, and a couple of regular season bouts, when it mattered, Virginia always beat UNC. They were the big brother in the relationship. But of course, 2018-2019 were struggles for the Virginia program for a lot of different reasons. Honestly, 2019 wasn't a struggle. They made the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament. They had begun to work their way back. Coach Pedroso had a healthy roster finally. Um, But of course, UNC was competing for national championships. They made National Indoor Finals uh semifinals and NCAA semifinals in 2019 last season they were probably with USC the prohibitive favorites to win the national title so there has been a switch in that dichotomy UNC wearing the big brother shoes for the moment and for Virginia to get the double's point particularly Again, the performances from the three freshmen, Rodesh and Rodesh, the freshman, plus Getz at two, and then Montez and von der Schulenberg getting the jobs done at two and three, six, three, six, four, respectively. Belief began there for the Cavaliers, and it wasn't until about three hours later in this dual match that you thought for the first time, oh man, Virginia might lose.
1: Yeah, I mean... Three hours is a bit of a stretch. Hour and a half yeah i mean look virginia played i mean they played well they got the doubles point they needed to get the doubles point and they put a lot of pressure on north carolina and made them earn it but the the takeaway for me here i I had already you know after what virginia did to tcu you know and have it you know backing up the ohio state win I'm already in on hey they're the real deal. It's not you know it wasn't Ed. they came up with one really good match thing right, but so so we knew Virginia was going to put up a good fight. The thing that I came away with here in watching this is for the second day in a row, it was you know and that Tennessee match could have been really really close. Uh, you know it wasn't looking good even in the match that were left when when
0: when they did. Bloomberg was down four one and who was who was left on court? I think it was maybe. Maybe three, maybe Seguin. Oh, Weedem- Weedemann, Weedemann just you're split right. yep. uh, with Peck. So, so yeah, I mean, they, they
1: haven't, you know, they're not looking great, and yet they come away with guys that you expect to be the guys that look good, like Will. I mean, frankly, even though Will hasn't finished a match yet, he hasn't looked like the Will that we know uh, of Will, right? I mean, he's he's still really, really good when he's off Will, but we haven't seen the a-game will yet uh and you know obviously rinky yesterday ben today just you know the the top three guys that are the rocks haven't been there for them and they're still managing to win their matches it's just it's scary that they can do that against teams that you know as you and i talk now you've got to put at this point you know as of right now today you got to put virginia in like the top five yeah we had that conversation right. in our text absolutely so so if you're beating a top 5 team when you're not even on the top of your game and your guys aren't playing great i mean it's it's scary how good they could be
0: i could not agree with you more and i'm so happy you said that and you're right i was incorrect to say It took three hours before you thought North Carolina could win the match. It took three hours until you thought, okay, North Carolina is going to win this match. And that's a credit to the fight of the Virginia team who we'll get back to in a second because I don't want to let that top five little nugget there uh, escape unchatted about because who's our back, baby? Um, But for this North Carolina team, the sleeping dragon may have been awoken today, and that refers to the top four for this Carolina team who coming into the year we said, and you made this joke, and I'm stealing it here now. If your coach Sam Paul, associate head coach Trip Phillips, put Blumberg, Hijikata, Seguin, and Cernok in bubble wrap, quarantine them from everyone else for the next five months because you could go to NCAAs with those four and legitimately have a shot to win the national championship. And yeah, that's a bit hyperbolic, but it's also kind of serious. That's where the heart of this lineup is. And, you know, we talked in our preview pod, Hijikata and Seguin were our locks for three doubles all-tournament team. They've been bad. They have just been objectively bad. They went down breaks a couple of times in this match. The first time they got it back, the second time, obviously, they didn't. And to lose to two freshmen who played aggressive, who played like they had nothing to lose, but still two freshmen playing in their first national semifinal You just can't have that result come the NCAA tournament for Kyger and Sondergaard. Sondergaard just didn't have it today in the doubles, and it's a credit to him that he bounced back the way he did in singles. He could have very well been the scapegoat for this loss, had things turned awry for them, but his performance at six singles was so clutch for the Tar Heels today. But when I talk about Waking the Sleeping Dragon, you're absolutely correct, and let's start with the guy at the top, the guy who, you know, we were accused of last season someone came up to us as will related to you and we're like no why and they were like because you're flattering him so much on the broadcast i just assume you guys must be family um and we won't get into the connotations of well, why would you assume i'm family with him why because you know just kidding that was a joke there just to see if you're awake chris clearly you're not otherwise you'd be cracking up um <laughs> anyway i'm trying to maintain my tone with your, here. <laughs> i appreciate that anyways carl soderland is the perfect test for who you want to play when you're in a situation like this, because Carl Soderlund is going to make so many balls, put so much pressure on you, and, you know, he was up, took that first set, it was a high-level first set, Blumberg had break chances at 5-all, then gets broken at 5-6, and then, you know, Soderland served for the match, I believe, twice, right? I think at 5-4, he served for it, and I think at 6-5, maybe it was only one of those occasions, but on both occasions, Will was trailing on the scoreboard, and he managed to get out of them, he managed To get into a breaker I believe he faced a match point In that tiebreaker He ultimately comes back And wins at 8-6 And there was just This look on Will's face Because you're right The serve, the forehand Last year in Wisconsin They were untouchable He was blowing people off the court What he did to Oliver Crawford Is a felony In 17 states In the United States And yet He doesn't have that level right now At the indoors But he found the level he needed He found Maybe not his best but better than the guy on the other side of the net. And Carl Sutherland was right in the match, right? It didn't finish. But Virginia needed that point at one, and Will prevented them from getting it. It was a big performance from him today.
1: Yeah, I mean, he stayed he stayed out on the court and kept it alive. I'm still not convinced he was going to win win the I match, agree. right? I mean, what what I haven't seen from him that we're used to is that forehand. I don't know that I saw one maybe I saw one and it just kind of, it, it, it escaped me, but I haven't seen that will forehand where he's just standing three feet behind the baseline and just slaps the forehand down the line the for winter. The inside in, right? That inside in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I haven't seen it. And you know, if you're going to try to sit and I mean, kudos to him, if you can actually get in just, a rally game with Carl Soderland and come out split sets and, you know, get to the third and extended, you know, you're doing well, but that's not the way you're going to, you know, that I expect to see will beat Carl Soderland He's going to eventually find the ball that he wants to pounce on and hit it. But he just right now, you don't see that from him
0: no and they'll need him tomorrow to get a win if at the top of the lineup if they want any chance of beating the team who has played the best this weekend Baylor who will get to in a little bit yeah I think for Will though it's a confidence thing he survived today and that was big for his team you know Mike hypothesized on the Pod, uh, on the podcast, on the broadcast, uh, that he thinks Will might tighten his strings tomorrow because he was missing every forehand just a little bit long. Everything was spraying, and it's not a bad suggestion, but he stayed alive. And then it was the other spots for the Tar Heels, for them to find four singles win against the depth of this Virginia team. Uh, you know, we talked about Sondergaard. He just was in control of that match against Ross from start to finish, and Ross tightened it at the end in the second set, but it was never really in doubt for Sondergaard. For the other two wins, first for Hijikata and Josh Peck, they didn't play their best, but from the get-go, it was clear these were perfect matchups for the Tar Heels. For Hijikata, Montez just couldn't really hurt him. And it allowed Hijikata to find his rhythm. And, you know, he should have served out that second set uh, earlier than he did. But he got the break right back and was able to serve it out. And then for Josh Peck, he was up 4-1, I believe, in at that, number five single, break, yeah, yeah. at that number five singles position. And yet, you know, for Rodesh, the freshman, he just hadn't handled a grown man's pace before. And ultimately, Peck made enough first serves, enough big forehands to get over the finish line. But the true story is is Brian Cernok's jump to, I think, an elite, not just good, not just great. And we knew he was going to be really, really good, maybe even great. But he's been elite at number four singles for the Tar Heels. This is a lock for them. For if for the Tar Heels, you think we win You know, number one doubles every time, and we win number four singles every time. And in the end, the lefty had just enough to get through Ryan Getz.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he almost seems like with him, it's going to be mental because it it becomes clear that when it gets to the third set and he needs to turn it on, he'll turn it on. Yeah, uh, and he's he's got he's got the level that the guy that he's playing probably doesn't have. But he, you know, he just needs to find a way to to hit that level right from the start and not let it go three and not let it get so late. But uh, but you know, I, I want to go back to the the one that I think could that really really kind of made it much, much easier for North Carolina than it than it could have ended up being was that Sondergaard-Ross match because, like you said, Sondergaard was in control the whole way, but then all of a sudden we get 5-4 and it gets to a deuce point. Sondergaard manages to get that point to close the match out. If he does not get that point and all of a sudden we're back at 5-all, you don't know what's going to happen. And that was a big point for them to get, you know, they had, Vonder Schulenberg had already leveled the match up at one apiece at, at that point. And for them to get that point on the board and not let it get extended, I thought was, I thought that was big. And that, that was a big point for them. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Surnak at the end was there. The The one that really worries me still for them is the five spot with Josh Peck. I mean, he's living and dying on getting that serve in if i mean he's got the big boy serve if the serve goes in and he wins his free points he does okay he doesn't get the serve and doesn't win his free points he's like he's 15 40 30 40 half his games mm-hmm. uh and so it's you know he's able to dig out of a lot of those holes because he's got the big serve but it's i mean it's a boy if if you're a carolina fan and you're watching his court that is a roller coaster ride watching you know watching that just living and dying on that serve no
0: virginia outplayed North Carolina in doubles, they outplayed him at the number three position, and it's worth noting Ben Seguin is nursing a knee injury. Uh, You can just tell his movement is hampered. That's not an excuse. You're in the lineup. You're there to win, but Schulenberg is the real deal, folks. He just makes so many balls, and the harder you hit, the more pace he has on his ground strokes. He's going to be a phenomenal college tennis player and by the way he's going to be playing number 2 singles for Virginia come May lock that in now that i think you would agree with that chris
1: oh i don't yeah i don't think it's going to take that long i mean <laughs> montez is in a little over his head uh at 2 just i mean that, you know you you had mentioned on the broadcast today that guy gets you can't put a ball away against him <laughs> you're going to have to put four balls away against him before you get one put away and the odds are he's probably going to get one of them back that you don't put back in court before you even do it uh but he just doesn't have that big game uh you know he's going to he's he's a great guy to have at 3 if you can move von der von Schulenberg up to 2 uh and I think that's going to happen probably pretty quickly
0: yeah and look I raved about Will Blumberg you know who was freaking awesome today Carl Soderland he is back folks and he just it he is a chameleon. He's a tennis chameleon in that however good his opponent is, that's how well he'll play in that given match. You know, with Will, it's the serve, it's the forehand, it's on his terms. Carl is just going to make you work. And I made this joke. He's the most athletic Carl since Carl Lewis. I think that's probably accurate.
1: He, uh, You know what I liked about watching him today is I didn't see a lot of that junk that yeah. I usually see. You know, he'll he'll mix in a lot of stuff to get you out of your game this was pretty much straight up. uh, I mean, he, he hit, you know, he was hitting the ball. Will was hitting the ball. There was, you know, there was none of the, you know, not much of funky spin, you know, side, you know, underhand slice, forehands kind of, you know, there was none of that. It was, I mean, it was just a a pure one, one singles matchup. And I, I thought, I thought Soderlund looked great. In fact, like I said, I, I, I had the feeling that it had that gone the distance, he, he was going to find a way just because Will wasn't, will wasn't putting those balls away. And if you're not going to put Carl away, he's going to find a way to beat you.
0: He knew he couldn't throw junk at Will because when you do, that's when he gets to hit the big forehand, move in behind it. And yeah, it was a fantastic match just all the way around. Mike said it repeatedly on the broadcast. Those are two guys who will be playing challengers as soon as they turn professional. Yeah, I mean, look, that the reason we talk so much about North Carolina here is this was the first time we've really seen them flex their muscles this season. Yeah, they got tested yesterday against Tennessee, but today they got pushed to the brink. They had their backs against the wall for a hot second, and they responded. And that's what you expect teams to who want to compete for a national championship to do. Last thing on Virginia— they're the real deal, folks. Their depth is real. I don't worry about Rodesh turning into this season's Alex Kobelt because I think Rodesh, I, you can just see it on his face. Every time, you know, he's constantly absorbing the information that's happening on court. He's making adjustments. He's getting better. Some of the things are sloppy. He makes freshman errors, but he's also a freshman. And so I think he's going to continue to get better. Again, Montez, Von der they their grinders. Gianni Ross, grinder, gets sneaky power. I like this lineup a lot. I agree with you. Right now, they're a top-five team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the teams that are here. You can't put them outside of the teams that are, you know, outside of the teams that are here. The only one, really, that we're including in that top-five, potentially, would be Stanford, uh, right? And so... You know that Virginia team, they're definitely in the top half of the field here, so even if you take that plus Stanford, they're top five.
0: They are really, really good, and they are, you know, tomorrow should get to flex their muscles against Illinois, uh, or at least they will attempt to flex their muscles, I should say, against Illinois. The Illini, uh, their dream run, it was only one match, it still was a dream run, you pull off an upset 4-3 at home against the number one team in the country, 4-3, excuse me, 4-1 at home against the number one team in the country, Uh, that quality as a heck of a win, Uh, but today Baylor truly flexed their muscles. Chris, this was the best performance I've seen from start to finish at this event thus far. You look at what they were able to do. We're on top of Illinois on all three flights and doubles, really, from start to finish. I believe there was a break exchange at number three a couple of times, but ultimately it was Broom and Soto, 6-4 at two. Fermanence to Kowiak the change. Coach Woodson made coming into this weekend uh, paying dividends once again. They take out Banchilla and Kovacevic, 6-4. And by the way, just want to clarify – I'm a huge Alex Bancilla fan, pointing out that he didn't make first serves to get broken against Wisconsin, and that he's the more breakable of Alex, uh, of the kovacevic Banchilla pairing is not to say I think Alex Bancilla is bad, it's to say I think Kovacevic is really freaking good, and if you aren't smart enough to realize, yeah, Alex Bancilla is worse than Alex Kovacevic, then you probably shouldn't be playing college tennis.
1: Yeah, fair, fair point. I mean, yeah, when you've got those two on the court, clearly, if you're going to go at someone, it's not going to be Kvachevich, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's it's it. I know the feeling, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, when I play doubles, I'm not the best guy on the team. Yeah. So I'm the one getting the balls hit at me. I know that's coming. Uh, and that, but you
0: actually kind of like that. So, yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah. that I just needed that. I just wanted to clarify. That's one of the things that's been in my mind because you get some glares throughout the course of a day broadcasting and you're like, I'm sorry. I love all of you. Like, Just to anyone who's listening, let's be clear. If you're a player and you're listening to this podcast – Come say hello. I All I want to do is be friends with all of you. I have clearly a complex I'm trying to work out, and it involves college tennis. Uh, so obviously, feel free to come say hello. Uh, a team that I know I'm going to be saying hello to at night, the Baylor Bears, who advance again to the championship with a 4 0 win. This is why they let Mike go on the 1s and 2s, because I'd be tangenting. Meanwhile, like, you know, uh, USC's blowing a 3 0 lead, and we're just not paying attention to it at all. But Baylor, 4 0 win. They get the wins at 2 and 3 doubles, and then. You know, I think they win all six first sets. Uh, they end up getting straight set victories from Soto at two, Broom at five, Furman at six. Uh, this is the recipe for the Bears. You win doubles. You know you're getting at least two out of the three from three th- uh, four through six. And then when one of your top three can finish fast as well, that's how you get a 4-0 win.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, it's it's not good news for, the, for whoever's on the other side of the net because the guy, you know, we— we know they're super deep and they're going to be great at four five and six. We've said all along, you probably got to try to hit them at, at the top three. But if you're going to have to pick on a guy down at the bottom, the one that had been, that had looked susceptible coming into the indoors was Charlie broom. He had, didn't look like he'd been in his best form. He's just absolutely spanked everybody this weekend. I mean, you know, there's he's won he's won his two matches. Furman's won his two matches. You know, I did, I, I did the tally that I texted you and Maddie early on, you know, we've got eight teams. So that's 48 spots of, you know, at six single spots, each 48 spots to be played. We've only had seven players go two and O this weekend, two of them right there, Charlie Broom and Spencer Furman. So, uh, Yeah, that they're just they look so good. It's kind of what we expect. You know, that that's more what we expected to see day one when we thought we were getting USC Illinois and Illinois just jumped out and you know and spanked USC. But today, yeah, it was it was all Baylor and they look really really good right now. Yeah, I mean, even the top three don't look like oh that's where you got to beat them up in the top three. I mean, Matias Soto is look looking fantastic i think that's going to be a tremendous matchup with rinky tomorrow uh you know i'm i the sven law with with seguin with seguin you could see as you mentioned you could see seguin today you know just bending the knee flexing it tapping it the the something clearly you know not feeling great there sven law probably not, he or Soto, not the guys you want to see on the other side of the net if that's the case.
0: Yeah, I'm going to ask you to hold the rest of the match calculus for the final preview. I see you racing there. I'm there as well. I'm ready to talk about it because, for the record, everything you just said, (coughs) excuse me, I am going to echo momentarily just to finish off this match quickly. The fact that I let you and Matt talk me out of putting Charlie Broom at the number five singles position. I know you're going to say, what do you mean? We didn't talk you out of it. You never even brought it up. You did talk me out of it over the course of a month with your repeated, oh, Luca Wiedemann is so outstanding. And by the way, Luca Wiedemann is outstanding. He absolutely rolled through Juan Martin today at the number five singles position. He's a rock. That's a guy who's way too be good to be playing number five singles. It's like putting Kyle Seelig at five singles. That would be the equation I would make, but I mean, Charlie's just hitting through everyone. The backhand's landing. He is fired up. And all of these grad transfers to Kowiak, Furman, Broom, there's a reason they came to Baylor. And you can just feel that in the energy this team presents. And for North Carolina today, when I say you woke the sleeping dragon, they got loud. They got energetic. You know, they brought that contender fire where they just kept coming after you. For Baylor today, it was a professionalism from the very first match, they said, oh, you guys beat USC. We're not going to let you shock us the way you shocked them. And when they took that doubles point, it just popped the balloon for Illinois. And Illinois just felt like they were playing catch-up from there. Now, unfortunately, Kowaisi Kenyatta... I don't want to say came down a bit a bit to earth because I do think he's very capable of playing like he did against USC uh, throughout the course of this season, but he didn't play as well, and Spencer Furman took it to him. And yeah, Broom was great. Matthias Soto, though, is a revelation. The results he's been having, seeing it in person now, I don't know if there's anything on a tennis court he can't do. I'm not saying he's the greatest ever. I'm just saying that guy, his hands, his speed, his power— uh, it, it's all really, really impressive, and he took it to A-B today at the two position. So yeah, Baylor, 4-0 advancing. Now, for Illinois, I know they lost today, but Kovacevic, he, he got down. It, it was close in the second set, and then it was clear they were going to lose, and he kind of tanked those last two games. And that's not to be rude to him. That's just a scoreboard thing. It happens. Uh, but Monsi at three is the real deal. He served for that second set, and you know Zeke Clark took the first from Nick, 7-6. Illinois is a lot closer to the team we saw against USC in my opinion than they are to the team we expected them to be entering the season is that fair to say
1: oh absolutely yeah they I mean I Baylor's just good right yeah. I mean you got th- exactly. that was today's match was about Baylor not about Illinois Illinois showed us what they can do uh and and we even and we saw you know, good things in spurts out of those guys today. There, it was just, you know, Baylor's just too good. I mean, that's all there is to it.
0: No, I agree with you there. And so, again, it's going to be Baylor versus UNC. And we'll get to that championship match momentarily. I want to quickly talk about the other matches we saw on the day. And, unfortunately, I'm not going to lie, I am a bit fatigued. I also kind of want to save some of the action for Maddie. So I'm just going to ask we do a rapid-fire edition of this. We'll really lock in on specific teams when we do our full recap podcast, which I think will come what? Tuesday night, if I had to guess. It really depends how bad the snow here is on Sunday uh, on Sunday and Monday and when I get back uh, to Indianapolis uh, on that Monday. But, you know, we we have to talk about it. USC today against Texas. They, you know, win the doubles point And Kukerman, 2-2. Two and two. He's off the court in about an hour. And Ludwig Westray, 0-1 over Chi-Chi Huang. He's off the court in about 45 minutes. And they get you know, a first set from Jake Sands, 6-2 at 6. They get a first set from Ryder Jackson, 6-4, uh, 7-5, excuse me, at 4. They're in a breaker at the number two position with, you know, Riley Smith and Spaziri, and that match is still going. And yet somehow, Texas, this Texas team, they just have a quality about them, Chris, and even if it's not this year, it's a quality you take notice of if you're in the college tennis world as they come back and take four singles wins from the defending national indoor champions who did not have more bullets for singles once again, but still get a straight set win uh, from the uh, Elliot Spazieri at the number two position. We'll get back to that match. They get a three-set win from Micah Braswell over Distanich, 6, 4, 5, 7, 6 4. Trust me, we'll get back to that one. They get a three-set win from Evan McDonald over Sands, 2-6, 7, 5, 7, 5 and then Cleve Harper, 5-7, 6, 1, 6 2. <sighs> You didn't get the chance to broadcast this, so I want to give you two to 35 minutes on varnish say as much as you have to say here chris the floor is yours i don't even know what i
1: can say man i feel like i I feel like i'm defending my position that has no defense (laughs) at this point because it was just abysmal i mean honestly i you know i'm look i'm watching it's 3-0 everything's looking good and you know the wheels just start to fall off and it became you know one wheel then two wheels and then it was an avalanche i mean they just nothing would go right for them uh you know at oh my gosh to even to and to get the doubles point uh i just you know i thought it 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 looked to me like hey we, we they swapped sands in today for fry obviously i'm gonna assume that the thinking there was hey didn't see what we wanted to see out of bradley yesterday so we're gonna give jake the shot today look great starts out with a 6-2 first set uh, along with everything else that they had going uh, and it all looked good and then and, and somehow I, I still don't even know how it it just managed to get away from them and like you said I mean I you got to give the credit to Texas and I feel like you know Texas this year for me is it's a team that I can I just know I'm never going to be high on and I'm never going to pick them for similar reasons that i did with like wake forest even a couple years ago where i'm like oh my gosh they're awful at doubles and even once you get past the top Hmm. couple eh, i'm not all excited about them i just i can't pick them and i look at texas and i go eh the doubles isn't great when you're playing really good teams they're gonna be outmanned at one and probably four and six and 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 then throw that all out the window they just prove me wrong and go out and win right and they just and they're gonna and they've done it a couple times now so sooner or later i'm gonna have to learn but yeah they're you know a team that i i just know i look at them and there's something about it that i just go "Eh, i don't know i you know it doesn't jump out it doesn't jump out at me but but yeah i mean i watched the end of uh of that braswell match and that was i mean he can ball yeah
0: I. Thoroughly agree with you, I want to share a quick story about Texas head coach Bruce Burke, who i don 't think gets enough credit for being uh pretty funny actually you know there's a it's a very dry sense of humor but so it no it is but if it, it's an it's an intelligent humor which is like that's that's where i come from you know that's that's the bread and butter and so i sent him a type I, I sent him we were talking about rankings back and forth and he was like where do you have us right now and i meant to say top 10 but i typed in top 100 and i didn't realize it was a typo until i sent his response and he goes oh top 100 like that's a little harsh, but like, you know, it was, he sent something very, very funny in response. And then today he gets the win, and I see him and he goes, So top 100, Alex? And I was, <laughs> and I was like, That's great. I was like, That's, I was like, Coach, you win. I was like, Congratulations, you have won the day, sir. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, I mean, you know, Elliot Spazier is the real deal he he is he is he could play one single someday for this Texas lineup above CM Walt that's how talented both of those guys are and Riley Smith played great today i mean he's serving so big indoors he's coming to the net so aggressively he's playing to win but Spaziri could match his power and then could do a few more things from the ground. And it's nothing against Riley Smith. It speaks to the talent of Elliot Spaziri, who is making his sophomore jump as we speak. The match between Broswell and Destanich was the highest quality match in the building. Those are two guys who could be playing number one singles at... of the programs, maybe even higher, across the country. And it was pro-tennis. You leave a sitter in the middle, that forehand's getting put away. Big serving from Braswell and, you know, Distanich, sneaky good mover for someone who's thick physically. You know, he's built, but he can move as well. And just, Braswell had more power. It was more linear. It was indoor tennis, but Braswell was better at it. And so, uh, what a match that was. Vestrate's a sure thing. Vestrate will be one of the one of the bottom 2 for the Trojans. But man, between Jackson, Sands, and you don't exactly know how Bullis is going to look and Brad Fry. We thought the depth would be a strength. Right now it's a question for the Trojans.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm coming out of here with for sure is we they they have all this depth and all these guys that should be what we thought were, you know, pretty interchangeable and I'll even throw Ryder Jackson in there. I mean, I thought all of those guys coming into the year between Jackson and Sands and Fry and the, and add Ludwig Westrate in and you know we had a whole bunch of guys that c- contributed at the bottom and the only one that's shown he can do it so far is Westrate and he's been he's been a rock I don't think he's lost a match this year and he's winning his matches easily I mean he's he's been solid everybody else to date super questionable and when you ta- when you add that with the fact that obviously More Bullis hasn't been ready to go this weekend in singles it just compounds it.
0: No, I completely agree with you, and I mean that. Being said, this Trojan team essentially won the national indoors without Brandon Holt, and I know it pushed everyone down a spot. But the absence of more Morbulus should not lead this team to. It, they should have won both of these matches. Yeah, like, even 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 without Bolus, yeah. they
1: should not be zero two. For, and they know no that.
0: Doubt. And the thing is, they know that. And by the way, Daniel Kukerman may just be the best player in the country. We joke about it all the time. Is it Will? Is it, you know, or it's definitely Will, but it could very well be Kukerman. He is as good as he needs to be on any given day. But yeah, th- it, what a match it was. What a comeback for Texas. And it was funny. I was texting with, uh, do I give, uh, whatever. I was texting with someone and, you know, they go, yeah, you know, we just got michigan Um, which was pretty funny because, yeah, that's literally what happened to Michigan uh, in their match last year against USC. So, again, two good one-liners sent in my direction. If this is the benefits of doing broadcasting, I'm all in uh, because I'm a big fan of the one-liner. But, of course, that wasn't our only 4-3 consolation match. Tennessee knocking off a wounded TCU team, no Parallel, no Kruger. Uh, in the lineup for them, no Fernley either at the five and six positions. But for Tennessee, they jumped on uh, the Horned Frogs. They take the doubles. Uh, they take the doubles point. They end up getting wins at the number one and two positions. Walton Harper and then Monday and Prada, and then they end up, I believe, winning. Four first sets, but ultimately cleaning up at the bottom of the lineup. It's Hussey at four. Weindemann at five. Harper at six. Yes, this was a wounded TCU team. And yes, by the way, Alister Gray at one. Boy, did he raise his level after that first set. We call it the Adam Walton effect now. He's just gonna beat you six one or six love in the first set. You just gotta accept that. Uh but he played great. That was an exceptional match at one and he fought exactly the way his Horn Franks needed. Famba, indoors, enough said. Sandra Jong, Beast at three singles, you know, him, Von der Schulenberg. That was a match that could have been played at two, or honestly, justifiably one in some cases. But yeah, this has been a doomsday scenario. The fact that we have two of our top three seeds playing in the triple crown match—that's kind of hilarious.
1: Yeah, the—I f- mean, just the fact that either the number one or number three seeds coming out of here, oh, and three is, uh, yeah, it's not going to be, not going to be good. And yeah, T- I mean, yes, TCU is is banged up a little, but you know, they're banged up a little in the five and six spots, and when you have, you know. depth that they should have it you know you should still be able to get away without it but you know that probably could have i mean that could have been a deciding factor today because they like as you said that's where tennessee took advantage tennessee is a deep team they are good at the bottom they managed to win four five and six plus doubles and 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 so that's how they got out of there uh I was a little i mean gray like you said gray looked awful in that first set i think uh i think mike was right i think he was up watching cam nori play the night before and it just it took him an extra half an hour to get going maybe uh but yeah he i mean adam walton was was just out of the gates quick on him um but uh but yeah the you know monday couldn't back up the big win over rinky uh today against famba F- you know famba took it to him sandra jong very easily uh over prada I, and again i think that's the you know those are the key spots really for tennessee i think coming into this into this season is going to be what can they get from two and three walton's going to be solid at one they know that they they've got really good depth down at four five six with hussey Wiedemann, uh and and pat harper the question is the freshman Monday and Martin Prada at three when they get production out of them they're going to be really really good today they managed to get a win even without them so uh, a good sign for Tennessee
0: given the spirited nature of assistant coach James McKay do you think his wife is like you are not coming in the delivery room with me like under <laughs> no circumstances are we allowing all of this emotion while I'm trying to have yeah. a kid Yeah. I had to text you there to just, you know, if you watch him
1: and that, I mean, he is one of the thousand
0: calories burned.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and you gotta love the guy. He wears, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he's living and dying on every shot. You know, you see your coaches that basically don't flinch. You make a bad error, you hit a great shot. And the best you're going to get is a golf clap or a nod or whatever. And, you're going to see Makai like rushing the court with fist pumps and chest yeah. bumping. You, you know, I watched <laughs> him at one point in the tiebreaker with Giles Hussey go over and he like gives him the five on the racket, and then as they're talking, like bumps into him with his chest as they're going back, like football players. I mean, yeah, he he really gets in into it, and you got to you got to love. And I think the guys feed off of that.
0: Happier about having the kid a week ago that she's safe and healthier. About this win today. Oh, come on, the kid. <laughs> no, I thought you were saying, oh, see, if if this was before the hour of midnight, you would have said, oh, come on, the win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you would have, have gone with the gig there, but I'll let maybe, it slide.
1: Maybe, maybe if it was the nor- or the first day over North Carolina. Okay, then, then maybe. <laughs> That's better. There he is. There but there but he, is. he can't go home and justify to the wife. Yeah, I was pretty. I was a little more excited about a
0: consolation win than me. You know. Honey, <laughs> honey, honey, we beat Carolina. Okay, but Stella just walked for the first time. But honey, but honey we yeah. beat carolina <laughs> <laughs> no of course congratulations to the entire mackay family we love them like our own and of course yes uh for this tennessee team for johannes monday today and more to do about fampa i'm still very very encouraged about johannes monday through the first two months i know you feel the same way as well but yeah huge win for tennessee if you're tcu It's such a veteran team. That's why you don't worry about the losses they took this weekend. Because A, they're going to have a rigorous Big 12 schedule to work everything out. B, they already banked a win over Baylor. C, refer to A. It's a veteran team. You think Famba and Gray aren't going to use this as a way to motivate the troops? And Jong, you think they're going anywhere? I don't. I imagine you feel similarly.
1: Yeah, they'll be they'll be fine by the end of the season. They've just got to get guys healthy. I mean, odds are odds are they're going to come in and lose again tomorrow. If, you know, if that's what they've got at 5 and 6, uh, you know, it's probably not going to it's it doesn't look great for them here, but it's not, you know, for them if uh, being banged up, it's not about what they're going to have tomorrow. It's going to be, you know, at this point it's uh, let's turn to the conference season and get ourselves ready for NCAAs and and they'll be fine as long as they get, you know, the guy's healthy between Fernley and, and Fernley and, and Parolek, uh you know, primarily they're two guys that they're, they're really missing out of the lineup.
0: Yep. Well, before we turn to the regular season, the conference schedule, we still have one more day of action to go at the national indoors. Of course we have tomorrow's final, our nightcap, six thirty PM central time. Although I'm sure it will start later than that. North Carolina going to take on Baylor, that's the matchup Maddie predicted, but a lot of us have expected. A lot of us, me, you, and Matt. I don't know why I said a lot of us. The three of us have expected uh, throughout the course of this off season and in the build up to this event. You have in my team, the team that's played the best this weekend in Baylor against the team with the most talent on paper in North Carolina. And it should be a fantastic matchup. I want to give you the floor first. Match calculus. What do you got? UNC this, first. UNC first. Yeah. Well. I'll, well. I'll just. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go down really kind of
1: simultaneous where I I think if on the North Carolina side I have to like what I see uh, in my chances with with Will with Rinky although I think that match is – I think that match I'm going to leave that one out I like for sure I like Will. And I like Sernock. Those those two guys, I go, hey, I I get I I get one and four. If I'm Baylor, I'm going, hey, as what I with what I saw out of Seguin today, I have no faith that he's going to be able to hang in a in a long match. So I've got to favor Sven Law there, Uh, and I got to favor Charlie Broom at five. So I'm going okay. I've got three and five there. Now I've got two singles matches each way. And that leaves me with Rinky against Soto at two, which is just going to be, I mean, ah, oh, that'll be a tremendous, tremendous high level match. And then Sondergaard and Furman at six.
0: I feel like I got to favor Furman at six, Absolutely. Right? So although Sandbergard two and zero as well, he's one of those seven, right? So he's he is in yeah. the mix too. Yeah, he's he's playing well. This but, is for the all tournament team spot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Coincidentally, yeah, I, I wrote them all down. Nobody at number one is two
0: and zero. Yeah, that's whoever wins tomorrow.
1: It's it, well. The thing is, nobody finishes matches at number <laughs> exactly. one. Like nobody's two and zero, but like only three guys have actually lost. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. They're just they're those matches just don't get to finish. But, uh, but yeah, so this is one where I, th- I, I think the doubles point will is, at, I mean, it's not going to, it's not guaranteed. It decides the match. I think it's huge because it's a very good chance. We, we split those singles matches, but if I'm, yeah, if I'm Carolina, I want doubles. I want will, I want Surnock, And then I go find another one. And if I'm, if I'm Carolina, I'm probably thinking my best shot at it is Rinky after the way he looked today, if he can turn that in again, but knowing, uh, the competition, I don't know, but I don't know that I feel that much better about a Sondegard Furman matchup. I still think it's rinky. So I'm looking like one, two, four and doubles. If I'm them, I don't like my chances. If Charlie broom can return the serve of Josh Peck, I don't like my chances uh, against Charlie broom, uh, And and you just can't you can't like your chances with Ben if if that knee's not up to par and they probably and they can't really afford to pull him. Uh, It's kind of like the Brandon Holt scenario from last year when they played North Carolina. You got to leave him in even if it's a sacrifice just to hold the lineup spot down and not slide everybody else up. So
0: you ready for the preface of all prefaces? Yep. Okay. And I apologize if I cut you off. Sorry. Did you have any final thoughts? No. Go ahead. I want I want to hear it. Well, let me start by saying. Again, any player who hears this, I love you all equally. That's not true. There are some of you I love more than others, but I do love you all. There's a degree of love to each and every one of you. That's the 1238 in me speaking. Anyways, I am speaking purely from a tennis standpoint. The problem is I'm going to see them tomorrow, Chris, and as you know, I'm a huge wuss. So I'm, I love talking a lot, but uh, you know, t- no, that's not true. I would say this to all of them. Here's the thing. I could not agree with your match calculus more. Double, there are two inflection points to me in this match, and I think whichever team, and I think you are going to have to win one of the two to win the match, it's doubles point. Whichever team wins the doubles point, obviously, but tomorrow in particular, given the strengths of these teams and that they're at different locations, the doubles point is that much more important. And then that number two singles position you're you're targeting because in Riki Hijikata and Matias Soto you have two guys who attack the game very similarly, so quick, so skilled, sneaky power, pro careers in the future. Th- that match is a toss-up, and I believe whoever can come down with that flight in singles probably ends up winning this dual match. Nikki, you know my feelings for you. That's a match. Sernock has to win indoors if you're North Carolina because as h- tough and out as Nick is, and he is going to make ball after ball after ball. And by the way, joking around with Furman and Stokowiak after and joking around with some of the North Carolina guys, you know who are really familiar with one another? Nick and Spencer and this North Carolina crew. Ever heard of a North Carolina Duke rivalry there? what, what What's it called? Tobacco Road, right? It's like 11 miles away or whatever it may be. There are no secrets uh, between Nick Stokowiak and this Carolina. Carolina coaching staff given we're indoors it's a match Cernok has to win because he does have a firepower advantage and again you would think in these conditions he has to be able to hit through Nick now of course Nick is such a tough out, and so that match, you know, that that's a toss-up. They're all toss-ups up and down the lineup. Have you seen the way Adrian Boyton is striking the ball here this week? You know, it's not going to be a spring picnic. Will Blumberg needs to be the dominant Will Blumberg, not the I'll turn it on and stay on the court for my team. It's the I need to put a point on the board to give some confidence to my boys, Will Blumberg. To your point, at the bottom of the lineup, given how match-tough they are, Charlie Broom at 5 I do think he's just clearly playing better right now. He's a favorite entering tomorrow. Furman at 6. Sondergaard's been good. Furman's been—the just the way he broke down Kowaisi Kenyatta today, it, it was really, really impressive. I think Sven, the only lock for me of the match is Svenla, I think, beats Seguin tomorrow. And the only reason I say it's a lock is because of Seguin's health. If you can't move well against Svenla, it's the kiss of death because he's going to put a lot of pressure on you. And, you know, maybe there's a world where Seguin hits the big serve in the plus one forehand. See, I'm talking to myself into the Seguin scenario right now. I do think the match calculus for both teams are so clear, though. I think for for Carolina, as you mentioned, it's you win doubles, you win one, you win two, you win four. And you hope for one of the, you know, you hope for one of Packers-Sondergaard as well to make things a little easier. Uh, If you're Baylor, I think that the matchups are similarly clear. You got to win doubles, you got to win five, you got to win three, and you probably have to win two. Like, that's the spot for you, and anything else would be considered a luxury. And that's why this matchup's so fascinating. It literally could come down to the doubles point. That doubles point is going to be so important with that in mind. Give me your pick. And anything you have to add as well. I know. Before the tournament you think Carolina, but Baylor's I know. been ball. Well, I was going to
1: say, can I switch my pick?
0: I mean Yes, of course. We've seen we have data now. Given the lack of data, I'll
1: allow I mean it. yeah, I I was all I was all Carolina coming in. Honestly they haven't been that impressive, but they have managed to win even when they're not impressive, but because I do, I think it's, man, I think it's, I think it is going to come down to doubles. And if it comes down to doubles, I think it comes down to two doubles because I think Carolina wins at one. I think Baylor wins at three. And I think the two doubles match ends up deciding it. And man, I, Tiger Sondergaard have been so good.
0: Ah. Oh. See, I think it could be the sneaky path to UNC tomorrow in doubles is to take three because – you know, in in the first two teams in the Tennessee duo first and then Virginia today, although I guess Virginia's a pretty good actually, scratch what I was about to say because it's not as though Von der Schulenberg and Montez were attacking the way that Tennessee team attacked I mean, North yeah, Carolina. It, they just were able to grind him I'll down. I'll give you that. It would be yeah, sneaky right.
1: to take three given they've lost their first two matches.
0: Yeah, I just think matchup-wise, because you have two guys who, if you give them time, they're going to hit the ball big, and with all due respect to Nick and Spencer, they're so skilled, and they make so many extra balls, and that's the issue for Rinky and Ben, is they just haven't made that many shots, but, like, there's a world where they leave enough sitters out there where we see a higher level from Ben and Rinky, you know what I mean? It's a matchup thing.
1: Uh, I was just talking myself into switching to Baylor, and now I just talk myself back out of it. I (laughs) Because if you're going to make me pick, as I just talked myself into the fact that it comes down to Kyger Sondergaard versus Broom and Soto.
0: One, one of futures, the other one, the I mean, American.
1: Yeah, Broom and Soto have been playing together for a couple months and one of futures, but it's still a couple months. Kyger and Sondergaard have been playing together since they were like two, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> for like three or four years now. Yeah. And they've been.
0: No, yeah. since they were two, that was right. I would, I can't laugh. Yeah. You know that top ten
1: doubles team. You know for for years, I, I can't get away from it. So I guess I'm going to have to take Carolina in the doubles point. And if they take the doubles point, oh. yeah, I'll say you know, I'll say Will, Will Sernock, and probably, I think it's going to have to be Rinky. I mean that's that's I don't see a yeah. great path from which is why I don't even like making the pick. I want to switch. Baylor, but I'll stick with my Carolina pick. I'll say it's Will, Rinke, Cernok, and Doubles. And it's 4-3 four, four, if they all finish. Uh, you know, and that in that case, they probably will because the other matches are, you know, pecs on yeah. I mean, the the matches that are bound to go longer. I
0: yeah, I think I think we'll
1: see a four-three match.
0: There's the pick that my head wants, and there's the pick that my heart wants. All my head and every indication on the court says Baylor. Everything is screaming, Baylor. They've played so well at two and three. Sven and Connie seem to finally find the rhythm tonight at number one, and we're up on a team in Monsi and Kenyatta that had just beaten the number one team in the country in Kukerman and Smith, so they're obviously playing well at all three flights. You know, Nick and Spencer have clinched twice for them at that three doubles position, and the other two wins have come from the number two doubles position. They're also playing better in singles. Boyton is playing better with my eyes right now than Will Blumberg is, and Matthias Soto is playing better with my eyes yeah. right now than perhaps any player in the draw. I can't argue. I think... I know, but yet this is where the heart comes in because it just feels like this one's Will's. It just feels like this one's his, where we see that performance from him tomorrow where... He and Brian win one doubles, and the seniors, Mac and Simon, as you mentioned, get that win at two doubles, or they steal it at three, whatever it may be. And then Will just comes out, goes lights out at one. I continue to believe in Rinky. It's a take I'm going to hold on to until the end of this event. But all signs do yeah, point to Baylor. I like feel like
1: do. I, I, I feel like Baylor's the favorite. I mean, I, I, I think oh, you could come out and you yeah. could see Will and Sarnock play great. They could take their doubles match. They could both win singles, and Carolina could still easily
0: lose the match. I know. And do I really want to bet against Nick? Like, no, he makes so many shots. He played one singles for two years for an ACC. Yeah, school. but that
1: that match in particular is going to be won or lost on the racket yeah, of Brian Sarnock. Right. I mean, Nick's going no, to make him I do know. something, and Sernok's either going to go for it and make it or go for it and, and miss. But Sernok's racket will be the one to to decide that match.
0: Can I say three all pending doubles, and then you'll have my pick? <laughs> as long as you give I me a doubles
1: like... pick, sure. <laughs>
0: The thing is oh my god, can West not release this until six thirty one <laughs> or whenever they take the court? Oh my gosh. I'm sticking with the heels. I'll stick with them, too. I I'm, I'm gonna be wrong. Yeah, I I'll mean we we him. already That's know fine.
1: Maddie's got Baylor, so so he's he's thrown in here. Yeah. He's got Baylor, the two of us will stick with Carolina and admit that it's probably the dumb pick because Baylor just looks better right now, but mm-hmm. but we're sticking with I, the heels. I
0: agree with you when you know you're being stupid, nothing is smarter than just stay being stupid, right? And that's, that's just, that's what smart people yeah. do. Duh. Um, but all right, I'm gassed. I don't have the takes in me, but I can't let you not give your takes. So our other three matchups tomorrow, the toilet bowl for the triple crown, even though it's two of the top three teams in the country, USC, TCU. your other matchup, where you have Tennessee versus Texas. And then of course the three four Virginia, Illinois, your takes Chris, before we wrap today's show.
1: I mean, the toilet bowl. Yeah, it, that's, pretty much what it is you know I, I i'm not even really looking forward to it because tcu's
0: it's a top three matchup it should in i know but
1: it's like tcu's throwing whatever out at five and six uh yeah i mean what i'll be interested to see doubles is still good doubles and and the top four uh really top three i'll really the top three the top three yeah that those will be good matches but I think in both cases they're both leaving disappointed. No one's super excited to play the match, and uh, and long term both teams will be fine. So you know, yes, it'll be a good it, it's good experience for them, but no, nothing exciting there. Um, I, I don't even I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna make a pick because I don't I.
0: No! Don't you dare! <sighs> don't you dare! I'll go first. USC yeah, I mean too. I can't
1: not pick USC given the fact that you know we're probably gonna you have to assume it's going to be tough sledding for tcu at five and six so if you're giving up five and six uh you better win the doubles point or you're down three oh uh so yeah i i think you got to take usc i i like your pick four two four two for usc
0: all right, give me now, let's go Tennessee-Texas next.
1: Tennessee-Texas, that's actually the that's actually a match I'm looking forward to. You know, A, after my diatribe on never picking Texas, and B, that I'm the <laughs> SEC guy. There's no way I'm getting out of here without picking Tennessee. Um, for sure, I like Tennessee's depth. Um, I like Adam Walton that won in this match. I like Tennessee in doubles. So I'm gonna say Tennessee gets gets doubles. I think they get one. Oh, what a great match! I might I want to w- probably watch the Monday uh, Spaziri match. Um, yeah, I like I like Braswell at three. Uh, so so the, there's a point there. I'm. Yeah, I i do not need the I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go, I I'm need gonna go Tennessee four yeah. two.
0: I like it. I like it. I'll pick Texas just because did you see today? Like, are you kidding me? How do you lose after that? Uh, Yeah, Give me the Longhorns 4-2. All right, 3-4 match. Shout out to Illinois. You did the Big Ten a solid. They take on a hungry, still Virginia team that Coach Pedrosa is going to have no trouble motivating. Scoreline. Yeah,
1: this will be the interesting one, I think, because Illinois – yeah, does Illinois come – are they – they write back on it and they're excited or is it, uh, the run's over and it's, and it's the letdown. Um, there's no way you're getting away from picking Virginia here. We, we just got done talking about how they're a top five team now. Right. So, so I think you, you, have got to take Virginia. Unfortunately for Illinois, their strength at the top with Kovacevic is the Virginia strength with Soderlin. I don't think, I don't think anything looks great for them. I, I like Virginia four one.
0: Wander Schulenberg versus Monsi and Kovacevic versus Soderlund are two outstanding matches. I'll take the who's for two. I think they take doubles. I think they take the number. I think AB can beat Inyaki Montes tomorrow. That's just a good matchup for him. Yep. I think one doesn't finish. I don't know if three finishes, and I kind of like Zeke at four, but I like Rodesh at five. Ross Kenyatta's, in, you know what, I'm going to go 4-2 Virginia, but I think it's a really close match. I think it's a lot closer, and it speaks to the respect we now have for this Illinois team, That I can't just say definitively who's 4-0. No, I think it's a 4 4- match. 4-1 if they don't take doubles, 4-2 if they do. Uh, But overall, again, it should be a fantastic 4-2 if they do, meaning 4-2 if Illinois does. It should be overall, though, a fantastic final day of action here at in Champaign at the Atkins Tennis Center. A huge shout-out once again to all of you who took the time to tune into our broadcast. Send kind words to us in the booth. A huge shout-out to the team at Illinois, the ITA, the Athletic Department, Brad Dancer, you know, Mike who are treating me far better than I deserve? But you know, I faked it till I made it. They make me feel like I made it. Uh, that's great grammar, right there. That's how you know uh, we've that been doing this podcast long education. enough. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was
1: listening. I was you listening.
0: listened. You listened. I love you too. And, of course, you were my final shout-out, which is to Chris Halliores. It's now 2 a.m. on the East Coast. There's no one I would rather do these podcasts with. I miss you here this weekend. It's not the same without you. But, of course, getting to do these at night does make me feel a little bit better. So a shout-out to you, Chrissy. It's all about just me uh, dissuading my (laughs) guilt. I'm just like, i got to do something. But, no, of course. uh, But with that in mind, a shout-out, as always, to the super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the – in any job he does day in day out the audio did not break folks so hopefully this is slightly higher quality than what you heard yesterday but with that in mind for my wonderful co-host chris Hally-orce. oh by the way shout out to my the homie the g puts up with all of my nonsense all day long dishes some nonsense back but nevertheless that's half the fun of being in the booth but with that in mind for My wonderful co-host, Chris Helios, our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Chris, what do you tell people? That's the break. I love it. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.